listening to Clash Cast Royale. My name is Rob, and I'm here with Scott. What's up? This week, we are here with the one and only Ash Lane from Elite Nations and Clash with Ash. How's it going, man? What's going on? Happy to be here, guys. Awesome. We're stoked to have you on the show, dude. Uh, we've been wanting to talk with, um, you know, so people who have a lot of knowledge on Clash Royale. Um, I feel like I've been playing since the beta came out, and I still feel like okay. a noob. How did you um, get into this game? Yeah, it's it's funny because whenever there's another launch, like there was a soft launch, there was the the global launch. Now it feels you gotta you gotta kind of relearn the meta of the game in, in to a sense, you know. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of feeling that same like you know. It was a small community of players when it was a soft launch, and you would get like 50,000 views on each uh, TV Royale replay. And now on the TV Royale replay, it's like it's at 500,000 views a replay, you know? Oh, my god! So it just yeah. shows how much the audience is growing. Uh, <laughs> That's insane. I started man. playing. Yeah, I started playing. It was such a cool opportunity for me. It was kind of serendipitous in a way because I was there at uh, in Helsinki at Finland at Supercell covering Clash of Clans for uh, for ClashCon, I believe. It was the ClashCon time that I went up there, and they were like, okay, top secret, top secret NDA, but we're, we're working on a new game. You know, so that was the first time I got to play like the the dev guild uh, build of the of the game when it was really a lot different. It, it means it's much closer now to where it is now than it, than their early early builds were. But this has been, uh, you know, just seeing some of the, the the short evolution that some of the cards have gone through just in the six months that I've been playing is pretty crazy. Oh, you've been playing it for six months. Yeah, yeah. I started in uh, early October when I went up there for a ClashCon. Wow. So and it's the same account. You didn't have to start over or anything. You got a <clears throat> snag from day one. Yeah. Well, they did. Uh, let's see. Now it's been a while since I thought about this. Uh, I had my account in super, like in the Supercell headquarters and stuff that I just got to play with, just to kind of test out the game. So that wasn't really my account. And then shortly after I got home, they gave us like remote access to uh, to like early builds. So I had that and we were able to we were able to transfer that one spade launch, but we weren't able to spend money on that either. So it was, you know, I didn't progress that far into the game, probably like, you know, a month progress or so. Huh. Yeah, that was and the, then, that was the big yeah. uh, the big um, I don't know. It, it was just driving me crazy that during the beta we couldn't buy gems. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> well, they gave us like a special code so we could, uh, but for the first week I felt your pain because it was like I had to jump through hoops to get like Canadian iTunes uh, <laughs> gift cards. And then yeah. I, I heard they were all like bought out after a while. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, all these retailers that usually sell that kind of stuff. Because I, I, I ordered one, they had them in stock. I ordered it and they're like, oh, sorry, it's back ordered. So I called these people and I'm like, you know, that's not cool. <laughs> and, um, are me and Joker the only ones that figured out how to buy them with normal money? Because we just switched to Canada, came back, and then used regular U.S. money on it. Really? So you were you were able to do it? Uh huh. Oh, okay. Through, through yeah, my, some people were really iTunes. struggling. Yeah. Well, they told me like some game just got released only in Canada, and, and you know we're we can't keep these things in stock. I'm like, yeah, that's why I'm trying to buy two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i found like i used something i think it was called pc gaming supply yeah that's the and, one uh, okay <laughs> and i i ended up like the first day i blew like 150 dollars on there oh, wow. and then uh luckily a few days after that they gave us like a code that we could enter to be able to purchase it on 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 us but even that was kind of glitchy sometimes it would work and sometimes it wouldn't so i didn't really i haven't spent a ton on the game as much as the other big youtubers not because i'm a man of principle but just because i i, I genuinely think it's it's more beneficial to the audience to cover like you know i don't mind being level nine where i am right now but to, to get up to level 11 then you start becoming a little less relatable you know yeah, yeah, in terms yeah. of content yeah i totally so, agree that's a good call so it's kind of like it's a win-win for me so i don't have to spend you know thousands of dollars and at the same time uh you know i'm still i'm pretty comfortable i don't, I don't have any uh, legendary cards unlocked right now but i was actually able to play them on that on that build though so <laughs> a little familiar fami uh, familiarity jesus can't talk tonight what are some big changes that you had 
seen in the game from when you were in Helsinki to now? Like, yeah, what, what uh, got better or worse? Yeah, you'll notice if you if you go back and watch the YouTube tournament, we played with a a build that was like the the build they used right before they had the soft launch. So it was almost there, but there were some some pretty big differences because I remember a lot of it was just card balancing. So like uh, hog riders were much stronger, and uh, witches were stronger, and the skeletons were stronger. So I remember in the beginning the meta was like everybody was if you got the hog rider you were golden because every hit would take down like you know 600 damage off a crown tower and the zap was a really powerful spell too uh the zap was i'm i'm 75 percent sure the zap only cost one elixir and it had the radius of like a freeze spell so uh right now the zap is like a really small it's like a quarter size radius but back in the day it was like almost as big as arrows not quite but and i remember zap was like the most powerful spell ever because you know for one elixir, you were just zapping all over the place. Anytime they place any any low hit point troop, you could kill it with a zap. So uh, those are two that I remember off the top of my head. But there were others too. Like, ah, uh, oh, geez, when I first started playing, I think I'm trying to think if there were any cards that they got rid of. But I think there were only cards that they added at that point. But it's funny when you go into like Supercell for the first time, and you know they work in the, the hence the name Supercell. They work in like little cells, independent from one another, even though a lot of them are in the same building. And you go up and you see each team, and they have like these giant whiteboards and stuff with ideas for the future, and they have like a bunch of card, you know, I future card names written down, and it's just like whoa, I would <laughs> never thought of that, you know, like so you see some pretty cool things, but. Uh, you know, some of them were added this update. You know, the uh, the ice wizard and uh, what else? Uh, what did I see there? The royal giant I saw as well. So yeah, it's pretty yeah. cool. So s- some of these cards that just got released this past week, those are all like, um, are any of those new that you didn't even know about? Yeah, I didn't know about three musketeers. I didn't know about poison. It's weird because they have it like. Uh, they have it like a sticky card uh, formation or whatever there, or a method they use where they have like a a spell sticky card, and then below they'll just brainstorm like um you know literally dozens of ideas for spells. So it's not like I remember all their ideas, but like they could be some of them were really silly ideas. You kind of get the the mentality that they had like a really. Uh, no idea is a bad idea when they're just ideas mentality because yeah. someone would be like exploding, you know, balloons from the ceiling or something like I don't know. It wasn't <laughs> that, but it would be like totally random stuff that I wouldn't expect to see in the game, but uh, confetti or something. Uh, but yeah, there was there was some uh, there was a bunch of ideas, and uh, I knew that I knew early on that legendary cards were will, would be coming or were in the game plan. I just didn't know when, so I was excited to see those. Haven't gotten one yet. Have you guys? I have a coworker who got, um, he bought a, a few magical, super magical chests, and uh, he's got uh, the Ice Wizard, but he doesn't have the princess yet. Okay, I like Ice Wizard. I like the stun that he has. <clears throat> yeah, he, I, I, I attacked it. Like, we had a friendly battle in the clan with it, and uh, I mean, he just wrecked me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's tough to get used to how to defend against them, too. Yeah. You know? Well, I'm but, just now coming up against golems where I'm at. So, you know, that just that was a big hurdle just trying yeah. to defend against those. But that's on a whole nother level. Yeah, it's funny because you see like on the, if you go to the the uh, Clash Royale forums, you'll see people complaining about this card being, you know, uncounterable or too OP. And then it just depends on what little trophy their range they're at right now, because there is like a different meta for every trophy range. So as you get uh, higher, you di- you're encountering different combinations, and then you're like, ah, golems are nothing. Now I, now I don't want to deal with, a, you know, the Dark Prince, Prince Mirror Jack, you know? But yeah. I, I think it's pretty well balanced right now. You know, maybe not perfectly, but for a new game it's uh you can you can find a counter for any deck not to say that i can i have but you know they're out there is if you if you work hard enough you know we have some people some people play this game like all day you know <laughs> we have people with thousands of wins in my uh in my clans you know thousands wow so uh so yeah i, I imagine if you put that much time into it you can certainly get a much better feel for the actual counter balance game you know within the game <laughs> uh, well, what's your what's your deck that you're rocking right now? 
Well, I was so I did the swarm deck for a while. I did an episode on that, and I really liked. You know, it's kind of I kind of sometimes I kind of learn decks just for the purpose of making a YouTube video of them because. You know, I like to experiment with new decks, and it just kind of goes hand in hand. So, mm-hmm. what I did was I started playing the Swarm deck or the uh, the Goblin Hut, the Barbarian Hut, in the mirror in the same deck with goblins and barbarians in the deck as well. And I got really comfortable with the deck. I got really comfortable playing it for videos. So then I just start. I stuck with it. We had like a a tournament within our within our eight clans in the game, and. The tournament was kind of hectic. It was tough to run. I just I ran it myself, so it was just a lot of a lot more work than I thought it was going to be. So I hope one day in the future they'll add a tournament feature in game. Uh, I would expect they would at some point, but uh, we'll be hopefully we'll see that. But anyway, I digress. So I was <laughs> playing the swarm deck through that, and I came in second place in our I think about a hundred of us or so. So I so then I was like, okay, I really like this swarm deck. This is great, you know. And and I played it with a hog rider too. So that was like my uh, I would like start the swarm, start my huts on one side, and then when I knew they were low on elixir or you know just trying to keep an eye on what the, what they were doing, the opponent, and then I would just try to use the hog in the opposite lane. And uh, sometimes, more often than not, I would actually take down that other tower, other than the, rather than the tower I was focusing on with the swarm with the with the barbarians and the goblins. So I was playing that for a while. But then I've recently transitioned into I'm covering a couple decks. So right now I'm actually traveling over there again. And so I need to record like, I'm you know, five, six, seven, eight episodes in advance. So in the process of doing that, I've really found a few decks that I really like. One of them is I'll be these will both be coming out in the next couple days uh, on my YouTube channel. But one is called the Dragonfly deck, and it's got it's a guy in our clan named Dragonfly. It also has a baby dragon in it, so I figured the name was pretty apropos. <laughs> and that has it's a pretty simple deck, but it's really effective and it's really expensive. And it has the Pekka, the Barbarians, Witch, Goblin Barrel, Rocket, uh, Baby Dragon. Spear Goblin, and uh, I'm probably missing a card or two, but it, that's the the whole premise of it is that he has this combo using the deck, and it's where he gets his oh in a Barbarian Hut, very important. So he puts his Barbarian Hut down on the board really early in the match, and then so he spawns some Barbarians. He's mainly using the Barbarians for for defense, and they can also apply some pressure into the into that lane, but he's going to be mounting the, the main offense from the opposite lane, so that's kind of a distraction, but he always leads off with Barbarian Hut if possible. And then he drops a P.E.K.K.A. behind his King Tower, and then he just waits a while, obviously recouping some of that Elixir. Yeah. And then as he's getting that Elixir back, he drops the Witch behind the P.E.K.K.A., around uh the pekka is so slow moving so it actually works out pretty well and then just by the time the pekka and the witch uh near the halfway point of the uh the map if everything goes well he has enough elixir for the baby dragon and the baby dragon goes right in front of the pekka and people cannot stop (laughs) i mean i've (laughs) seen him uh wins he's been on tv royale like a dozen times i've seen him win with this deck and and i've tried i've only tried it once and i and i lost so I haven't learned the intricacies of the deck by by far, but it's one of those decks that you can totally three crown uh, pretty easily with. You don't even you can really sacrifice a tower, which is nice. It's an expensive deck, so there's not a lot of room for error. But if you can execute well like he does, he's played like in 900 games with that deck, so he's obviously very comfortable with it. And you have the rocket too, so that that can help on the king tower if you need the extra boost, or if they have inferno tower because that's the Pekka's worst enemy, you can uh, you can just use your rocket on the inferno tower. So that's uh, that's his deck, and he's he's been winning a lot with it. So that's one of the decks that I was I was thinking about trying myself. That one sounds really cool. Um, yeah, what the, are you guys playing? The 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 Pekka is like. Uh, I, it's an enigma. I haven't figured it out yet. I've I've only got it to. Um, well, I have enough to get it to level two, but you know, I've I've only tried to play with it a couple times, and I'm really comfortable with yeah. the deck that I have, so I don't really. What do you What are you playing? <clears throat> right now, I'm playing with the Hog Rider, the Tombstone, Minion Horde, Freeze, uh, Witch, Arrows, Spear Goblins, and Baby Dragon. That's a good combo. 
so, yeah, you've been playing with it a while. I've been playing with it for a while, and um, I kind of went through. I go, I go through rough patches where I like just want to like stop playing the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I think we like, all do. I'll like drop down so low, and then I'll just come back. And I, I don't know. It, it so much of it depends on that initial hand against certain decks. Oh yeah, it does for sure. <clears throat> I, I wanted to maybe do an episode sometime about like uh, card cycling in your hand. It's just a tough episode to to put together to actually show the good examples. But like, I noticed that a lot of top players, and even me here and there, not definitely not a top player, but I'll try to like cycle into better hands. You know, just burning cards. I do that it, too. Burning, yeah. yeah. So like. There's got to be a finer art to it that I'm aware of, but uh, you know, you will notice sometimes. Oh, I don't like this uh, the starting hand, so you'll immediately like you know use a couple cards, a couple cheap cards, just to cycle in some better cards and try to reload. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it, it does start a lot. A lot does depend on your starting hand, obviously. And it seems is there any sort of uh, pattern to the? Because it come totally just random. Yeah. Totally just random. Uh, and then you can obviously see your fifth card, but, but like, you know, it's this game is like all about mathematics, right? So totally. it's all about if you spend your elixir better than your opponent and you have good combinations, you're going to win. And if you're one of those people who can see like a chess game can see three or four moves ahead of the of the game versus your opponent you're going to win more often than not you know so i'm just i would say i'm pretty average maybe a little bit above average but i'm I'm not like that expert level sometimes you see like like i got beat by chief pat in the whole uh youtuber tournament in the finals Uh and uh and it was just uh you could just tell that he was a better player than i was you know he had a a better feel for the game and i i mean this is not a cop-out he was clearly better but i i've never played a game like this at all you know Uh and it takes some getting used to the you know the the strategy It's definitely different than the type of games i normally play like i usually play more kingdom-based uh building games like clash of clans i'm playing a game called gods of olympus i grew up playing like age of empire stuff like that you know so it's a bit of a transition it's more of a I don't know what you compare it to, but I, people I've heard a lot of people compare it to what is it, Hearthstone or something? The the uh, World of Warcraft card game. And uh, I'm not familiar with that game. Yeah, and also mm. uh, I don't know, uh, Bloons BTB or whatever. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know these <laughs> games. <laughs> but I only have time to play. Uh, I barely have time to play the three games I do. So yeah. <clears throat> what what, uh, what deck are you playing, Scott? Well, I'm still running the same deck, which is no longer effective within friendly matchups because everyone learned it since I stuck with the same one so long. But <laughs> for you, Ash, so you can uh, tell me to get off of it, I'm, I'm doing the single skeleton. Okay. Um, the witch, the skeleton okay. swarm, the giant skeleton, the loon, rage, and minions. Wow, you were going... And arrows, and arrows. Wow, that is definitely a heavy skeleton. <laughs> it's the Bones heavy Brigade. The That's what I tried to do. I'm really mad that I have to use minions, um, but I call it the Bones Brigade. Yeah, that's it's pretty solid. I mean, minions are a good stand-in. Uh, do you have a... Uh, what's your general strategy? Like, what are you trying to accomplish with that well, deck? I, I, I try to get them to kind of blow their load after one of my towers, and then I'll run the giant skeleton down one lane, and then I will have the balloon trail in behind and rage them about the same point to where oh, they'll just wow. meet on one tower. And if it goes well, uh, the giant skeleton blocks the whole time. Then the loon can make it to the king tower and take about half of it down and then just wash, rinse, repeat before they get to me. Yeah, that's a good that's a good combo. Rage, balloon, giant skeleton. I haven't it played the giant skeleton. either perfect or complete yeah. failure. So it's really <laughs> amazing or it's a total flaw. Yeah, like yeah, like you were saying, I think that the issue, the same issue for me with Giant Skeleton is is you guys with uh, Pekka as well, is that like they're so easily distracted that yes, I always that's feel I like got. yeah, I always feel like my opponent knows exactly what to do, <laughs> and they you know they just draw them into the center of the map and then they play you know whatever they play tag with with different true low low cost troops and then my giant skeleton's dead but uh but people are using him in the top matches so 
you know, maybe the maybe the uh, the onus is on me to to pick him up and try him out again. I'm able to keep my loon from going towards the center if they have Teslas or towers or cannons or whatever up, but I cannot keep the skeleton from hey squirrel and heading out towards the center. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and usually tough. he's still doing his job because everything's you know aggroing on him instead of the loon most times. Yeah, the single skeleton in that deck too. Like, do you find is that good just for like defensive? That's pinches? my lifesaver because everything yeah. I have is either so heavy or can't shoot air that I yeah. get caught up. So I got to be yep. super careful. And then the witch, for some reason, I don't know if she got nerfed again. It just seems like or everyone's troops are just getting so much better. But she's <laughs> not quite as effective. At saving my ass if I have to drop something. And if I do, I have to wait for five elixir to even drop her to begin with. So that single yeah. skeleton is sometimes just enough to stop them while my towers kill the enemy. Yeah, that's definitely. Uh, I noticed that too. I haven't been playing much witch as well, and it's. I don't know. You know, I don't know. They don't usually nerf stuff without saying it. So I'm imagining it's just what you said. You kind of hit the nail on the head with it. With its. Uh, other people just leveling up their troops, and uh, which no big deal anymore. It's weird because as you can already see, the game is so young, but you can see so many different people have switched from like different main strategies being popular. You know, you couldn't go on TV Royale, you know, two months ago or a month ago, whatever it was, without seeing balloons and freeze in like half the decks. And now I look today, and there was no balloons in any of the decks on TV Royale. And it's just like, what happened to the balloons, you know? So it's weird how fast the game changes. And no one was using elixir pumps in the beginning. Then they made a couple minor changes. Now everybody's using elixir pumps, it seems like, you know? I so. hated using the freeze with my loons. It just failed all the time. I had so much more success with raging it. Even if it didn't last as long, it was hitting harder. And I was yep. getting at least half the tower down. And instead of using freeze, and it just would botch most times. Yeah, yeah, and I find that freeze is easier to use when you're using like those fast-moving troops, like princes or hogs. You know, that way you can sneak them in exactly. there, wait for the wait for them to play some sort of a a defense, a counter to it, and then freeze. So, yeah, I like that. Loon is uh, far from being fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you had to wait there a while. Wait there quite a while with a balloon, freeze it with a frozen balloon. Yeah. So, are you guys in the? Uh, well, you're in LexCorp, right? You're in the same clan, or no, what do you have Rob, going on? Rob uh, does not ever want to join anything to do with LexCorp. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I'm I'm in LexCorp on Clash of Clans, but um, on uh, Clash Royale, I have my own clan. Okay, what what is that? Purple Rain. Purple Rain. All right, cool. And how's that going? Uh, yeah, it's going good. We've, um, you know, it's just some people that I know in real life, you know, that that play, and then people from the I also have a Purple Rain clan and Clash of Clans, so some of those people have come over and some fans of the podcast and stuff. So, oh, nice. That's it's, cool. It's a nice low-key group. We're all just trying to learn the game, you know, doing a lot of yeah, a lot of yeah. Friendly it's battles. really nice. It's really nice that they have the in-clan matches, you know, with somewhat regulated card levels. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was yeah, we're about you. ready to have to drop the third LexCorp because we got two of them now that are completely full, and we can't get people to stop. It's crazy, right? Up. <laughs> it's crazy. I couldn't believe it. I mean, I ne we never intended to have eight clans either in our group, but we started with one, and then you know it became really, really apparent really early on that we needed a second. So then we made a second, and then you know third, and the fourth, and then the global launch hit, and like you know everybody else was like, "Hey, can we join?" Yeah, exactly. And we're mosquitoes funny. compared to you. Yeah, well, it's funny because we're, uh, I don't know about you guys, but we're running out of leaders. You yeah. know, it's like, uh, we need an eighth leader, guys. <laughs> it's just like, uh, and you also you get rid of some of the guys you really like by having additional clans and have to send somebody to be a leader or whatnot, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's the same problem of Clash of Clans, you know? When you, if you want to expand, you got to get rid of your good people and other clans. I've always hated that. That's what this game is really lacking right now, in my opinion. Is the is the interclan matchup? Yeah, yeah. I think they have intentions of adding a bunch of stuff like that. You know, I think I don't know specifics, but I do know that they have like they mentioned all kinds of stuff. You know, behind the scenes about uh, they want to add. You know. Uh, whether it be some sort of war feature or tournament feature that you can battle other people, similar to clan wars, not not in you know 
obviously not similar to clan wars in in terms of application but in terms of that you can battle strangers or friends you know and uh that would be really cool that's something that would would really get me pumped for the game because right now it's 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 fun and it can and it definitely can be addictive there's no doubt about that but there still needs to be something more for the long-term longevity of the game you know exactly i mean i'm I'm sure they're going to do it i just hope they do it right i mean do you have any ideas how how they would make it work uh i don't i mean i it was one of those things that when we talked about this we were in a car actually or or a big uh bus and uh, everyone was just throwing out ideas, so I forgot what the actual <laughs> I forgot what the actual supercell ideas were, and what it was just us YouTubers throwing out random stuff. But you know, I just all kinds of stuff thrown out there, like you know, smaller tournaments, big tournaments, global tournaments, you know, stuff like that. And uh, that would be really cool too to like enter into a global tournament. And you know, I, I think about poker, right? This was one of I forgot who came up with this idea to be honest with you, but it, everybody seemed to like it, you know. And it was like. If you play poker or something, you can enter into a large tournament and then get a win in to another tournament. You know how it, how it works. Mm-hmm. And that would be a really cool system to have in Royale. You know, you could have uh, a tournament one season that people can enter for. Maybe it costs in-game currency. It can cost gold, maybe gems. Maybe I don't know if gold or gems would be better, but either way. Bitcoins. Yeah, yeah exactly. It costs <laughs> you something to enter in. And then you can win play-ins to other tournaments, and eventually, you know, the the winners, the the top ten, they compete live, you know, somewhere on yeah. a and it and it's streamed globally and stuff like that. Those kind of things would be really fun, and it doesn't seem like there'd be that much work to do. And then on the more intricate end, there could be like actual structures in the game where you could set up your own tournaments. You know, that would be fun too. I think both of those things need to happen, and and the you know the global thing sounds great you know it's like an esport um yeah it that that definitely makes sense to me but on the flip side of that you know the the smaller clans that um just want to battle their other friends clans like i'm hoping that there's a way you can say i want to battle this clan and whether or not you get anything from it you know um i don't think people really care just like in classic clans if 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 Purple Rain could match up with LexCorp, you know, yeah. even though we're totally out kicked. Yeah, I mean, Purple Rain would get smashed, but to be able to do that would just be, would make the game so fun. much more fun. Oh, well, think about it, though. Like, you could you could set parameters easy enough, right? As a tournament organizer, you could, both clan leaders could agree on this, you know, you might have this little screen that you that comes up on the on the game, and then you agree to certain parameters. Maybe there's like three rule settings or, or something like that, or three, you know, choose the number of rounds, the number of participants, and you can, to me, you can easily hypothetically add a maximum level card or whatever, you know, oh, yeah. and then it's just even, or, you or, know, you know, tower levels or anything like that. Just yeah, be, I don't, totally level the playing field. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then it's just really skill, you know, and, yeah. uh, and that's, uh, that's fun and it's promising. And I, I think that, you know, if you look back at clash of clans, when it started, it was town hall eight, uh, it went a town hall eight only. And there was, you know, it was so different from the game we play today. Yeah. Uh, there were no heroes, obviously there were you know, spells took a, a day to a day to cook. And, uh, you could, wow. I don't remember could, that. Well, yeah. When you used your army, they would, uh, they would come back with if they stayed alive or whatever. There was a lot of a lot of crazy stuff in the beginning. So Royale is really where Clash was on day one, you know. So if you, it's hard to do this exercise, but if you can think about, you know, where could things could possibly be a year from today, yeah. it certainly uh, could be mind blowing. We'll you know? come back to this episode. Potential. We'll come back yeah, to this right? episode in a year and laugh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but it's tempting to. Uh, I mean, I mean, it shouldn't say tempting. The, the possibilities are really, you know, uh, endless. I guess in terms of where the game could go, if it can go more e-gaming, it can go more like friendly matches and stuff like that. I'm not sure where they want to take it. To be honest with you, it's such a short, it's like a short burst game that it seems like you could take it anywhere you wanted to. Unlike unlike Clash, where it's more of a lot of planning, it's a lot of preparation. Um, yeah, more of a long form game. Um, you know, you can knock out a battle in five minutes, and 
and then you're done, you know? So it's, it seems like uh, it lends itself better to like a, a more, you know, large scale tournament kind of game. Yeah, absolutely. I feel, I feel the same way. I think this is definitely more fun to watch on stream than clan wars are. Uh, not to say that clan wars aren't entertaining. I, I like clan wars, but you know, the live streams that, that, that clash of clans has had for the clan wars, even with that different format, it's just not fast moving enough. Exactly. You know? Yeah. So, uh, unlike Royale. So I think it has some potential there. Um, what, what are you, uh, what do you plan on working on, on your deck? You got things you're, you're, you're trying to level up specifically or, uh, I kind of I think it's safe to level up barbarians and minion horde are the two cards I normally request when I request cards just because they fit in a lot of different decks and they're both pretty powerful so you get pretty excited when you level them up. I just got my very first level 9 common card in my in my minion horde. So oh, wow. Pretty excited How about that. How many cards that. is that? <laughs> uh 800. 800. 800. Yeah. yeah. See, I'm saving up for um level level well, 9. So. Yeah. So yeah, you're at the four, and I just did. It's funny because I just I, I only requested Minion Horde for literally a month and a half. I mean, I, I didn't request <laughs> any other card. So my Minion Hordes are level. Uh, they just got to level nine, I guess, and everything else is still not even halfway there because I would just only did Minion Horde. You know. Yeah. I did buy three super magical chests. I did it. I made it into an episode, but I did three super magical chests. And I didn't get anything good. I got a Dark uh, Prince. That was it as far as unlocks, you know, dang. and Royal Giant. But but I didn't get any legendaries, so I was kind of bummed out about that. They're pretty expensive. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> it's like thirty uh, $33 uh, an open. Wow. F that. I've heard, I've heard people getting super magical chests just in random drops. Yeah, I d I've gotten one. You got oh, and, just uh, a random drop. Oh, wow. Yeah, just a random drop. I've gotten four total. I paid for three, and it cost $100. And then I, I got a fourth randomly. And it was funny because I just happened to be recording for the episode when I got the random one. So I was like, whoa. Uh, so that worked <laughs> out. But nothing nothing too crazy in that either. I mean, tons of cards, but uh, nothing. And no no legendary. Yeah. Still waiting. Yeah, when I um, leveled up my Minion Horde to level 8, I took it, I immediately obviously took it out to use, and um, I was against someone who was probably like a level below me, and mm -hmm. the arrows, which I usually kind of feel out to see if they have arrows, the arrows um, didn't even kill them. So uh -huh. I, once they got to the tower, I just froze the tower, and that tower was gone. It was awesome. <laughs> wow, nice. Yeah, it's it's nice to get the. I'm also doing an episode now on like come from uh, or underdog specials, like how to come from behind, and I just hey. recorded. <laughs> Look out! <laughs> I broke Ash. Oh no! <laughs> what happened? <laughs> he, was making, he was just making a joke. <laughs> My bad. He said you're coming from behind. Oh gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I, I come from behind victory, and uh, and then we uh, it was a guy level level nine versus a level eleven, and wow. he he three crowned him, so and it was three to nothing. So I did a little uh, did a little recap on that, and that was a pretty cool deck. That was with the prince and the dark prince and uh, prince dark prince and what in a mirror I think he had. Uh, but that that deck's really popular too. You can see that all over TV Royale. But yeah. So the Prince and the Dark Prince, how do they work together? Well, the the Dark Prince obviously can get uh, well. They, well, both of them can get distracted. They both have their charge. The Dark Prince is is higher on hit points. He has that shield. Uh, so the shield, what happens is is you do a, a certain amount of damage to him. The shield falls off. Then he has more health. So he's a little bit. Uh, you know, with the armor and the shield or whatever, he's a little bit harder to take down than a prince, but he does a little bit less damage on his charge. He still does the double damage, I believe, on the charge, but he moves the same speed too. So having a deck where you can have, theoretically, four horsemen or four people on, on you know, foot with the hog rider, the prince, and the dark prince with the mirror card is a lot of fast-moving stuff coming at you, you know? Mm-hmm. 
I've not come against him yet. So, oh, really? Yeah, I was just kind of curious. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's he, you can treat him like a normal prince when you want to counter him. You know, like you can use a tombstone or you can just distract them with smaller units. Or, you know, tombstones work really well against princes because the the skeletons can take them down. Like a, a level three, or not three, a level seven tombstone can take down a level four epic prince. And uh, that's a pretty good trade-off because you're you're making out two elixir as the defender in that in that trade-off. Yeah. But uh, but dark dark princes are still are, are the same, you know. But a dark prince, what they can do is they can run into an inferno tower or something like that, and they won't be fried right away because they have that protective layer. Uh, so it's a little bit getting used to going against him defensively and learning his capabilities offensively. So. Okay. So what do you, what do you think about this um, Tesla card? Everyone, and uh, everyone I come against is using it. It's driving me crazy. <laughs> Teslas are really good because obviously, I mean, obviously you can't take them down, right, with uh, with fireball or anything else unless they're already up. And they do such a good job distracting, and they only cost four elixirs, so they're pretty cheap too. In Teslas, forever. yeah, yeah, they, they yeah last they last forever. Last forever. You can put them perfectly in the center of the map. They can distract everything. So that's why they're so popular. The the cost, the the length, and the damage isn't bad, and they're just so good at distracting units, you know. Mm-hmm. So I Teslas are a pain, <laughs> you know. They're, that they're, I think it's Supercell's love child because yeah. every chest I open has four hundred thousand of them. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like I can't even get a chest without getting a ton of those. And yeah, Valks. they're trying to send you a message. They're they want you to play. We want more. you to love Valks, and we want you to love Teslas. Yes, Valks. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Yeah, Valks. I can't get in. I can't get into the Valks. Can you guys? Uh, no. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I can't stand in either Valks. game. <laughs> yeah, me neither. I well, I can't use them on my main account in in Clash of Clans because they because uh, I'm Town Hall 11 and Valks don't work at Town Hall 11. And my Town Hall 9 account, uh, they're only level one and they suck. So I can't use, even do like a good Govaho raid. But in Royale. I also suck at Valks. So, <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if you suck at Valks or Valks just suck in general. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Every time I catch one on TV Royale, which, you know, it's not like a, I'm making it sound like I sit around all day and watch TV Royale, but, uh, but when I do log on and I just browse, if I do see a Valk being used in the, uh, in one of the uh, matches, <clears throat> I'll go and watch it just to see how they're using the Valkyrie. But more often than not, however they're using the Valkyrie, you could probably use like a wizard or a baby dragon better, you know, with a splash damage. Exactly. That's I think just, it's just the mechanics of that troop in yeah. general that just kind of make it a decent early early level card, but you definitely it's not something you want to continue to level up. Yeah, if I think that you know, who am I to to make hard suggestions, but I think if they just gave her maybe a 25% uh, health increase, then it would be much more viable. But as it is, you can take her down pretty fast, you know? Yeah, like, yeah three minions uh, just eat her alive. Yeah, so it's, yeah, exactly. So, like, even if you, she should be, like, the absolute perfect counter to, like, skeleton army into a bunch of, you know, bar, you know, a swarm deck, like the, a bunch of barbarians and stuff like that. But barbarians will just, like, a few hits and she's absolutely dead. She'll do, like, you know, 20% damage to them. In uh, a skeleton army, it's, it's, it's a trade-off, four for four, so it's not even, no one wins in that battle, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. I think she needs to be a little bit, maybe a little bit more hit point, uh, hit points added, and then uh, she might be a little bit more viable. But I don't know. The deck I'm, I'm gonna pull up the deck uh, right now that I'm that I'm gonna be switching to for a while, just because I, the guy I saw playing it, had so much success with it that I was gonna. It was the one that the one I was just talking about. The guy he was a level eleven, took down a level. He's actually Manu fan in our clan right now. His name is Manu fan, and he is right now or at least when i recorded the video like about two hours ago he was the number three he was the number three globally ranked player level nine so essentially he's like a huge under he's always playing against you know he's 3400 cups so he's playing against level 10s and 11s exclusively and uh that was the deck that i highlighted and that was the deck that i wanted to try out let me pull it up right now if it's still on the whatchamacallit the replay thing yeah, pretty chatty tonight in the uh <laughs> well 
Yeah, maybe I can't find it. But either way, okay, I might have it up here myself. Well, that was a bust. I guess I can't find it. I have it recorded <laughs> somewhere, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go down that rabbit hole. But yeah, it was it was a good deck. It was a, uh, he had a, it was a good combination. So I guess a cheap plug. Stay tuned in a couple days for that for that episode. <laughs> <laughs> that was not on purpose. <laughs> but yeah. I, I had a theory early on in beta with the um donation cooldown that was just to keep us from leveling up extra fast. But it's still here after launch. Do you, do you know of why they do that? I don't. Uh I know that it got a lot of early criticism and I know that a lot of the uh, a few of the YouTubers also voice that like way before beta, you know, and uh and said that, you know, there's no real incentive to play after four matches if you win, you know, eight matches if you're trading off wins and losses. So I for whatever reason, I you know, way in the beginning when when the, when they said that, it wasn't actually me who brought that point up, but when the YouTuber said that to the developers, their answer was that they didn't intend this is at least at the time now this might have changed because this is way before any kind of launch but they said that they they saw the game as a game that people would play for like 15 minutes to a half an hour at a time not a game that they sit you know in, in play for you know hours on end so they saw the they liked the chest idea because to them i think it would incentivize people to keep logging on but uh, only for like a match here and there and stuff, but it, it, you know the total time played would be high, but not necessarily huge long stretches. But who knows if that's changed and if they'll change the chess system? There's certainly been a lot of feedback uh, negatively on like the forums about you know wishing you could hold more chess or the chess timers were shorter. But I don't know what I don't know what it is to be honest with you. No, I think that like uh, it's something they're definitely probably have an eye on, but I just don't know what the the solution would be, what the best solution would be. I know the game takes so long right now to level up on, so uh, maybe that could be addressed in a in a way to make because you know now that you have it globally launched with the economy that's already been set as the economy, anything you do will have a butterfly effect. And it's unfair to people who've already spent a ton of money on the game to start changing the value of a chest, you know, too dramatically, uh, without at least making that value uh, available elsewhere as well. So, I don't know. I, I think that it's a tough solution at this point, you know, uh, but maybe the solution could be to. I don't. I don't even know. I don't know. Basically, shorten up the the chest times just a little bit. I don't know. Any ideas? The chests, the chests were like a big roadblock for me at the very beginning, because once I filled up my slots, I, I didn't really like you know like the guy said I, I didn't have any incentive to keep playing. But yeah. um, that's also back when uh, matches cost gold and friendly battles yeah. cost even more gold. So they've done away with that. So that that roadblock is is not there anymore for me. Um, I only dealt with that for like eight hours and then I was there for that update that switched that. Yeah. yeah. But the the big thing for me is um the not being able to donate after I uh, can't I can't remember how many donations you can make. Yeah, the donate cooldown, yeah. Yeah, that that that's kinda lame. Yeah, I think they do that just to avoid people like abusing it and uh just going from clan to clan to power level or whatever. Yeah. Kinda like clash of clans, I guess. But this you know because when you do, you get gem, uh, you get gold rather, and experience. And mm. unlike Clash of Clans and Clash Royale, when you get experience, that actually gives you a tangible benefit in the game, not just a number like Clash of Clans. So, uh, what you could do to take advantage of the system, obviously, is if there wasn't a cooldown, you could just hop from clan to clan to clan and keep filling donations, and then get to tower. Tower level ten, tower level eleven, etc. Just off of donations, you know. And I know well, it sounds. I get why you can't do it clan hopping. I get that. Like you have to be in a clan for a certain amount of time before you can even donate. But in your own clan, it's just kind of. Oh, odd. is there is there that in there? Yeah. Mm -hmm. you I didn't can't donate it, right away. I didn't realize it until some. We got some new players um, yesterday or today, and they're like, "I can't donate yet." And it's like, "Oh, really? I didn't even yeah. realize." See, I've always been in the same like two clans, so <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. 
Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what kind of solution they have. I, I don't, I don't honestly know, uh, but or maybe they just like it. Uh, me personally, I've kind of just adjusted my play style to just go along with it. You know, I'll pl- honestly, the chests aren't that lucrative anyway, so it's not like I'm. Uh, if I have four chests, it's not like I'm like, oh, not gonna play a match, not gonna play a match. I have four chests. Yeah. Sometimes I just play a match anyway because I don't, I don't really care, you know. Yeah. Maybe I'll be testing out a deck and I just, I don't really, you know, and there's always something, you know, even if not, even if you have four chests, then you have the crown chest to think about and stuff. So it seems like there's enough reward there, at least for me, someone who plays as much as I do, which is not a ton. I only probably play about five matches a day or so right now because I'm just, I'm just so busy, you know? Yeah, it seems like I just watched the Dragonfly deck on uh, Royal TV. Oh, you did? Yeah. Yeah, that's a, yeah. That's a, he did that's it against Caleb No Clan, and uh, he won. It was pretty, pretty impressive. He had a giant, like a golem with a dog collar on, a level eight golem, attacking him. Yeah. He just ate through that, and then went up and, and took the, yeah. the crown tower. Yeah, it is important. I'm sure I'm gonna get comments on that video for sure. Like, dude, it's easy with all max cards because Dragonfly does have. Uh, I'm not sure if he's all max cards, but he all high level cards, you know. So uh, yeah, it's uh, but but the deck itself, you know, the the idea of having that three troop combo can work on any level. It's just more effective, obviously, if they're max. But he's playing close to max too. But having that Pekka, Baby Dragon, and uh, and Witch behind is uh, or he was going against the princess and everything. Yeah, <laughs> level two princess. Yeah, maybe I'll. <laughs> Maybe I'll put that out tomorrow. Now I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. But yeah, it's a it's a fun game. I mean, what are you are you guys playing less Clash now that you're playing uh, Royale, or about the same still, or what's going on there? Well, I work a ton, so it's easier to s- sneak this game in while I'm at work. Yeah. So thinking of it like that, I'm playing more of this than Clash. But uh-huh. you know, I, I can just barge. You know, every twenty minutes on on Clash, you know, when my troops are ready or something like that. But yeah, this seems easier. It, it seems like more happens on this than it does with Clash. But yeah, yeah, I'm it's still different. Ra- still raining all day. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of the same way. I'll like I'll chat with my main account in Clash. I'll uh, in donate. I do a lot of donating and in, in, in uh, chatting. I don't do much raiding because I was just up in Legends League in in Clash. And then I uh, I dropped down, but now I'm in that weird media, you know, no man's land around like 4,700 cups where it still takes me forever to find an offer, but I'm not pushing. So like, I'm not going to go into clouds just to get a farming raid. So I'm just, you know, naturally dropping down. So I'm not really playing that account too much, my main account. So I'm doing the same exact thing you are where I'm logging on maybe like seven times six six or seven times a day and just getting a raid in on farming on my town hall nine account and then i'll I'll log in maybe you know like i said two three four times to royale as well do the same thing on royale play a quick match or two and uh and then i play gods of olympus (laughs) (laughs) it's weird because people always ask like how do you find the time to play three games and you know, you know how it is. It's like you do it while you're doing other stuff, like working or, <laughs> you know, like I don't know, in the bathroom. Yeah, well, this is, Clash Royale is a perfect bathroom game. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, because it's like the perfect time, right? Uh-huh. It's like what? Well, you got to be careful time. though, because if you're uh, doing the business, and you start playing this game, and you keep going and going for that that battle chest oh your yeah legs will fall asleep you can't get back up so you just um, <laughs> i think we've all been there because <laughs> yeah i definitely I, i've definitely been there the leg falling asleep issue i've had that for many times trying to plan out like clash raids and stuff yeah i'm not but um, Ash, i know you're running close out of time i was wondering if uh since there's so many people that are new to the game if you could give a like a perfect starter deck for these people and upgrade order they should do to progress faster. Ah, perfect starter deck. Well, I think that, uh, you know, going with, you know, there's no perfect starter deck, but what you can do is try to find cards that fulfill a role 
in the deck. So in other words, every deck should have at least two units that can target air troops. This is basic stuff. Like as you get l- later into the game, you can you you'll have a feel by then that you can actually you know maybe roll the dice with only one ground troop that targets air troops. But in the beginning, you know, that could be archers, that could be spear goblins, that could be musketeer. You definitely want probably two out of those three troops in your deck to start out with. And then you can use a tanky unit like a giant. And what you can do is is you can play around with little combinations like a giant. If you place a giant on the board and then you place a minions right after him, and then you allow the the tower to lock on to the giant, you can actually, the minions will actually do a lot of damage, and they'll also help, you know, defend the giant if they place, if the defender places any troops. So, uh, a good starter deck would be like a splash damage unit, so a bomber, until you get the wizard unlocked, so you can do a bomber with a musketeer, with, uh, with, with archers, and then you want some sort of a defensive unit, at least I do, so I would do a tombstone if you have it, or even a cannon works well. So some sort of, or a Tesla if you have it. So you can just choose one, but that's what that's going to do is not only is it going to give you defense, but it's also going to distract the uh, the attacker's troops. So especially those fast-moving troops. And then speaking of fast-moving troops, I like having a fast-moving troop in my deck as well. So uh, to fin- to round off the deck, I would put a one of either the mini P.E.K.K.A. or the Prince or if you have it unlocked, uh, the Hog Rider, but that's a little bit probably later uh, arenas. But, you know, many P.E.K.K.A. and Prince are a good card starting out with as well. Yeah. So I guess that would be my – and also, <clears throat> I don't know how many cards I'm, I've named so far, but if you can fit one in, having arrows and fireball uh, – arrows or fireball – is a good combination as well. It's always good to have either of those two cards, especially for beginners, because you're going to need some uh, some help with those. You know, you're not always going to have the elixir advantage, and elixir and uh, or excuse me, arrows and fireballs provides a really nice uh, option net. there. Yeah, safety net there in, in case you uh, need to get rid of a bunch of troops with only a little bit of elixir. And uh, the trade-off between fireball and arrows is that the arrows have a wider radius and they cost one less uh but the fireball has a little bit smaller radius costs one more but fireball can take out or get close to taking out barbarians which are a very popular troop in the game so there's a lot to think about too i've noticed yeah yeah so there's a lot to think about but uh those are some beginner tips in building like your first deck you know the great thing is that it doesn't it's it's nothing to experiment. There's no troop cook times. You just kind of throw some stuff together and go out and play with it. Exactly. Yeah. It's not a. Uh, yeah. It's it, it, that's what I've done. That's what I've done. You know, ever since ever since they've taken away the gold to play to play games. But yeah, it's it's nice and easy game to just go ahead. Like exactly what you said. You can go in there, no pressure. I mean, trophy pushing isn't that big of a deal at this point because who really cares, you know? If you want to get to the top of the leaderboard, you need to get, you're going to need to spend a lot of money. So, who can, just enjoy. I, I see some people advocating to like drop uh, cups that way they can have easier matches and farm up. But I'm not a big proponent of that. I would just say go ahead and just keep playing, and if you'll hit, you'll hit your losing streaks and you'll hit your winning streaks, and then gradually as you level up your cards, you'll kind of progress along your own level. Yep. And, and figure out the cards and what they do. Exactly, yeah. And better to combinations and, and stuff like that. What do you guys think about this fair play announcement they made? I think that it was a direct response to uh, to uh, Hong Kong esports or whatever. I'm not sure if you're aware of that controversy or whatever. No, no. fill me in. Uh, well, I'll try to be as uh, politically correct as possible because I don't know any of the parties involved. But the uh, Hong Kong Esports or HK Esports, which is the number one uh, clan in Clash Royale, uh, has a lot of like controversy swirling around it. They're a big e-gaming uh, – I shouldn't say big, but they're a notable or well-known e-gaming company. And they have all kinds of accusations and volatility uh, from the past, from League of Legends and other games that I don't play. Uh, so – they were one of the first clans on the scene after beta in clash royale and one of the guys a lot of people think that the or or say claim they know and he, i guess he admits to is that the leader uh of hong kong esports 
has tons of and when I say tons loosely, I'm not sure how many, but dozen or so max accounts and he'll feed himself free wins to just get higher in the leaderboard. And, yeah. uh, that's, I think that was kind of a response to that, those allegations. I know they have like a, uh, I guess a polarizing reputation would be a, a nice way to put it in the, uh, <laughs> amongst those in the leaderboard. Yeah. Yeah. Actually now, but, now, now that you've, you go into the details more. I have heard about that. Like a guy who has multiple accounts and he'll lose to himself so that he stays on top. Yeah. 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 So that's, that's it. If you, if you want all the nitty gritty details, you can go to uh, Reddit. You can Google HKE sports on Reddit. <laughs> there's a, uh, there's a bunch of threads there about the, uh, and there's like lawsuits. Uh, there's threats of lawsuits and it gets really juicy if you like that kind of stuff. Oh my gosh. Lawsuits. Yeah. <laughs> this is a game. Come like, on. <laughs> well, yeah, I think they were, I think the, the manager or whatever of, of Hong Kong esports, the company, was uh was threatening lawsuits of uh of uh defamation of character so so that's why i'm being so careful <laughs> not really because <laughs> i know he's listening in well, but uh, yeah that's what i think that meant uh in terms of fair play so i don't know who knows but i'm 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 down for any fair play because i uh, don't want it to he wanted to keep it as level playing field as possible obviously to have yeah. the game grow and and uh, thrive yeah, I was excited to to see Supercell, you know, directly address it. Um, yeah, or, yeah, me too. Or not Supercell, I, but Clash Royale, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Tim, the uh, the community, uh, the community, what do they call him? Community head, community, whatever manager. Tim, the community manager, is really, really good about engagement, and he's he's uh, he's he came from Boom Beach. He was a Boom Beach community manager. And he's one of the best they have, in my opinion, as far as you know, really trying to stay on top of uh, communications with the with the base. So he's pretty available on the forums. So he he'll chime in here and there, and I think he's pretty upfront about uh, about answering question, tough questions like that. So when you go back to Finland, uh, soon, very soon. Do you know what's in store? Is yeah. it for something top I, secret I, or? I don't. I, I don't really know. I mean, I'm assuming it has to do with Clash of Clans with the update around the corner. So, uh, but I don't know specifics. They don't really. It's it's oftentimes I don't know until I'm like the third day I'm there or the second day I'm there <laughs> when I'm actually in the office exactly what's going on. So I don't I don't know what's going to be going on. To be honest with you, I think it's going to be uh, like I said. I can only guess that it's uh, Clash of Clans related because of the update, and uh, we'll have to see. Though I don't know. Uh, anything other than I think it's going to be about the update. Well, we'd love to have you back and talk about it. Yeah, for sure. I'd love to uh, love to come on because awesome. we did the uh, I did I covered my Clash Royale episode. Now I can switch over to Clash with you guys, right? Awesome. Yeah. Right. Sweet. <laughs> well, um, do you got any uh, you got any shout outs? No, you know, just uh, shout out to all the player, all the new players, I guess. And my, my my advice to any new player of Clash Royale would be to just uh, stick with it through the frustration, and then uh, if things get a little bit easier once you get a better feel for the game. I know there's so many with it launching globally, so many people, you know, get the they get the first, they get addicted, and then they get frustrated, and then they're like, I don't know what to do. So I think just uh, continue to watch YouTube videos. If there's a lot of good strategy content out there already for the game, so check those out. Not just my channel, but there's a plenty of them out there. And uh, just stick with the game. So shout out to all the new players out there, and uh, thanks for having me on, guys. Awesome. How can people get a hold of you? You can get a hold of me. I guess the easiest way would just be on Twitter, at Clash uh, underscore with underscore Ash. And uh, obviously the YouTube, just Clash with Ash. And uh, yeah, I, I usually respond to most Twitter uh, mentions or, or whatnot. Awesome. Scott, what's your Twitter? At ClashCastScott. I tweet at ClashCastPod. And if you want to get a hold of us, all of our contact information is on the website, theclashcast.com. Ash, thanks so much for coming on, man. Nah, no problem, guys. It was a pleasure. All right. Awesome. It's been great. Thank you. Thanks. We didn't want to make all right, you guys. fuck you, Bindle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to do that to you. <laughs> oh, I don't care. <laughs> fuck Bindle. <laughs> 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 <laughs>